Welcome to Meaningful Journeys, a podcast about pilgrimage. I'm Dr. Heather Warfield, and I am passionate about connecting humanity through our shared quests for meaning. In this podcast, I'll be talking with pilgrims and pilgrimage scholars. I will have conversations with people impacted by both ancient and contemporary pilgrimage journeys, and we will also hear from people who live at these sacred sites. This program is supported in part by Antioch University New England and the Meaningful Life Institute. In this episode of Meaningful Journeys, I talk with Darren Hill, who is a performing artist, storyteller, and pilgrim. I started our conversation asking about his background. Okay, uh, Darren, so tell us a bit about your your performing arts background and how you have uh, made the bridge between between the art and the pilgrimage place where you are now. Yeah, sure. Um, I mean, I've been a professional actor for over 20 years now, um, mainly in the theatre. Um, I came into the performing arts uh, later in life. I didn't come straight through it from from school. I didn't have the confidence and I didn't think uh, that I would be able to make a career out of it um, after leaving school. Uh, so I worked in casinos for a very long time as a, as a croupier uh, and then into management. Um, and then I, I, I loved I got the bug for traveling when I did that. So I did a lot of traveling in, when I was in working in casinos. Um, and then I just felt like I should follow my passion. I, I'm very, I live my life quite openly. Um, I believe things happen for a reason. And I just felt it was right for me to start pursuing a career in, in the acting, um, entertaining world. I, I first saw myself as an entertainer and started to pursue that, like, like I say, over 20 years ago. And I just moved to London and just started auditioning for things. Didn't have a clue what I was doing. And it, I, if I could be a fly on the wall at some of those early auditions, I'm sure I was absolutely awful. It was, it was really quite a, an interesting journey for me along those routes. But as, as I went through, as with most things, you know, you start picking up things um, and learning more about the industry. And about four or five years in, I was very, very lucky and fortunate to, to get trained uh, at one of the top drama schools in, in the country, uh, the Bristol Old Vic Theatre School. And that really grounded me as a performer and gave me the confidence to know that, okay, this is something that I really want to do. And I love to tell stories. I really do. Um, I just, uh, I think there's something very, very special about being able to to take people out of their world for, for a few moments, whether it be half an hour, an hour or whatever, um, and help them reflect on their own lives. Um, so that's why I really started to pursue that. And really, Bristol gave me a real love for Shakespeare um, and really the, the language that he uses, uh, but also the fact that he uses a lot of nature as well. So there was a tie in to nature quite early on into my performing um, and just struggled through trying to be an actor and all of that. And one thing led to another and it ended up me being in Chicago. Um, this guy from Blackpool, England, uh, all of a sudden finding himself in Chicago, uh, doing various plays and what have you. Um, 
And this one particular play that I absolutely love as a, as a performer, it's a play called Underneath the Lentil. And it's by a, a gentleman called Glenn Berger. And it's just a masterpiece, in my opinion. It's a one-man play that I first saw in London performed by Richard Schiff um, of the West Wing. And just this play is about a man who is searching for God. He, he believes that he has found a way to prove to you that God exists. And he takes you on this journey um, with, as far as he's concerned, definite evidence that God exists. Um, and he starts to travel all over the world collecting these pieces of evidence. Um, and not to spoil the play, but basically by the end of the play, he gets out of control and realizes that he has actually no way of being able to prove to you that God exists. And he just turns around to you and says, I'm really sorry, but I've wasted your time. And he walks off the stage and you're like, what was all that about? You know, um, and tying the fact of the story of, is there a God? And I'm jumping around all over the place here, but I just thought that's a wonderful way of, of tackling a big question like that and using theater to do that. Um, and I was doing this play around Chicago and we had done it in a in like a guerrilla way of being able to just perform this play anywhere and one evening after I was performing the play a gentleman came up to me and he said have you ever thought about doing this play on the Camino and my reaction was uh, what's the Camino I had no idea what he was talking about um, and that was my introduction to the Camino de Santiago um, and that was when pilgrimages really started to come into the forefront for me. So that was about 2015. And I then started to, to look into what is, what is the Camino specifically? And then this, this, what seemed to be because of the, I think because of the pil because of the Camino, this rise in interest in pilgrimages. Um, and especially coming from the UK and living in the States, then discovering how many pilgrimages there are, you know, not just in the UK, but all over the world. So I, I went to do the Camino and I first saw it as a physical challenge. I set myself a challenge of, okay, can I perform this play on the Camino as many times as possible? How many times am I going to be able to, to do the play while I'm walking across Spain? And that's all I saw it as. I didn't see it as anything else other than just a physical challenge. Let's walk 500 miles. Let's try and do it in 35 days. And let's see how many times I can perform the play. And I had every intention to perform the play every single night. And the more I said to people about that and people who had done the pilgrimage and done the Camino, they said to me, you're just not going to be able to do that. That's just too much. Um, so the more people said no, the more determined I became to, to do it. And I ended up being able to do the play 26 times um, as I did the walk. And that physical challenge very, very quickly turned into a spiritual and an emotional journey for me. And it really opened up to me, what is this? What is this pilgrimage? What, what is this act? of a pilgrimage and here I am performing as I'm going 
going back to your Canterbury Tales, you know, like, I mean, like, here we have the oldest, as far as we know, book in English novel in English history, and it's about pilgrimage. You know, it's been around since the 13th, 14th century. Um, but I also saw other people performing their pilgrim routes, their pilgrimages, as I spoke to people who were on the pilgrimages about why are you doing this pilgrimage? And it was, in my opinion, an act of performance. Um, and coming off that, I mean, lots of stories about all of that, but since I came off that, I just knew that I had to do something with this experience, this, this gift that I had been given of being able to have this unique experience of, of performing on a pilgrimage where in some ways I was, I was elevated in a way because people were talking about the fact of what was happening and people sought me out. People like tried to find, oh, where is this guy who's doing this play? Um, I felt like, well, I've got a responsibility now to move that forward, which is how the story pilgrim has come, has come about several, several years later. It takes me a while to figure things out, you know, um, and that has come through through me doing the, this master's and this dissertation. Um, and I'm just fascinated by, by the reasons why people are doing pilgrimages um, and the fact that, you know, I do see it as a performance, but not many other people do. You know, not many of the people see it as they they see it as well. They have many many different reasons, as you know. But yeah, I I want to ask you more about uh, the act, the pilgrimage as an act or a, uh, as a uh, as a performance act of performance or performing performance act. Uh, and first, I want to back up though, because you have a really interesting story in that you had not walked the Camino before you decided to do this uh, one man uh, performance every day um, while you were doing that. And I can imagine that the experience of being a pilgrim and then the responsibility of, of performing, uh, it seems like there would be tension between the two of those. Very much so, yeah. Yeah, it was. It was, I mean, if we want to go back to that Aristotle's poetics, Aristotle says that uh, specifically when he's talking about a tragedy, a tragedy has a beginning, a middle and an end. You know, a pilgrimage is a pilgrimage has a beginning. It has an end. The middle is completely up to you what, what happens in the middle. So that's why I see it as an act, because you set out on a pilgrimage, you absolutely have a beginning and you absolutely have an end. And then the middle bit is completely up to you on where you go. And so I, I'm very fascinated by it. It's a very, to me, it's a very organic process. It's a very organic act. You have an idea of where you want to go, and what you want to do. But if you have an agenda, you've, you're doing it wrong. You know, you can't have, and here I had, I had an agenda. I'm going I'm to start in St. Jean Peter Port. I'm going to get to Santiago de Compostela, and every night I'm going to do a play. And some nights, the pilgrimage, the Camino, you started to refer to it as a, as a living thing. It's not been kind to me. It doesn't want me to do the play tonight. It wants me to do something else. Um, and as an actor who is, is performing a play, you have a playwright 
who says, I want you to say these words. You have a director who says, I want you to say those words in this direction or in this way. But when you get on stage, there is a moment when you go, actually, do you know what? I need to hold back a little bit now. I need to go in a different direction. Um, this word needs to be said differently. It's difficult when you're talking about scripted words because on a, on a pilgrimage, you don't have a script. So now I'm fascinated about how do I take the process of what, of perform, of what a pilgrimage is and take that into a theatrical moment. So I do, I see a lot of, of similarities, um, but also the act of walking a pilgrimage. Um, you become a pilgrim. You don't, you don't stay as a doctor. You don't stay as a lawyer. You, you, whatever it is you do in your career gets left behind and you become a pilgrim. And, it, and for me, it was quite interesting that people, would, people who live on the route would be, hey, Pellegrino, hey, pilgrim, how are you? It's like you've become this character and you are performing this act as a, as a pilgrim and you leave everything else that you do at home. And I found that fascinating in that, you know, I could be walking along and be talking to a doctor and it wouldn't make any difference. They're, they're just another pilgrim. Um, and then you delve into their lives and you start to hear all these different stories about who they are and it's fascinating. So I do think we do take upon us or maybe the better way of saying is, is we, we leave behind what we are when we go on a pilgrimage and we become this, we become ourselves. I think there's a big thing about self and about who, who am I as, as a pilgrim? Um, who am I as Darren Hill? Who are you as, as Heather Warfield? You, you are yourself, but you are a, you, you are a, a mixture and, a, and a, a joining of all those other people that you've had in your lives, your parents, your grandparents, the people that you meet. Um, so yeah, that's why I see it as it's, it's, it's a learning experience. Um, some people don't learn. Some people are very, very closed off to it. Uh, I went back in 2019 to walk a, a bit of a section of, of, the, of, the, of the Camino again. Um, and it took me a few days just to relax into it, just to shake off all the stuff that was happening in Chicago, all my regular life. It took me a few days just to be able to get into that mode of of performing that pilgrimage. Um, because I think there is expectations there. I think, you know, a lot of people you meet who, or oh, I've just got out of a relationship or I've just had a career change or, you know, they, they want to find something out, but it takes, it takes just the, those few moments just to be able to get yourself into the, to that pilgrim zone. And then you're onto your performing of, uh, of figuring it out. I'm thinking about uh, this Shakespearean concept uh, about the world being a stage. Uh, and I hear you saying that the pilgrimage is a stage uh, of its own type. And also that you're certainly not the first person to say that people feel that they are more authentic on a pilgrimage than in their other real life. Uh, I use quotes uh, in saying real life. So I'm curious, which, which, uh, where is the stage? Is it the real life where we are acting or is it on the pilgrimage? 
That's a really good question. Uh, when I went to drama school for the first three weeks, I was, I didn't have, I was lost. I didn't think I was in the right place because I was surrounded by very, very talented people. And my, uh, the assistant principal was very astute and he realized that something wasn't quite right with me. And he pulled me aside and he goes, what's, what's wrong, Darren? And I said, I think you've got the wrong person. You know, I think you called up the wrong Darren and, and I shouldn't be here. And he's like, no, we got the right guy. And he said to me, he said, Darren, what is acting? Describe to me what acting is. And I took a moment and I thought, and I said, right, well, you put on a mask. And he said, stop. We're going to stop right there. There are no masks. You do not put on any masks whatsoever. You bring yourself to every performance. Whether you're playing a 70-year-old man or you're playing a 13-year-old teenager, you bring Darren to that. And that's, you look at all of what I would concern, um, you look at the great actors, they do the same all the time. You look at Ian McKellen, you look at... Uh, you know, Olivia Coleman, Tom Cruise, George Clooney, you know what you're going to get from them because they're just being themselves. And so I do understand when you say that all the world is a stage. Absolutely, it is. But that's, but when you act, when you play it up, you're taking yourself out of that world. You know, you think of people like, and I love Jim Carrey, you think of like, look, people like that, Robin Williams, amazing actors. But look at the moments when Robin Williams is just himself. You know, he's just, you're looking at people, um, some of his films where he's not being the crazy, you're like, oh my word, that's amazing. Because he's now being real and he's being true to himself or herself, whoever it is that, that, that is acting. So I think that's the trick, is not, be, is not being an actor. And that, I think that's what a pilgrim does. That's what you do as a pilgrimage, which I think when you get onto it, even though, yeah, you are performing the, the act of a, um, of a pilgrim, you're being true to yourself. You know, like we can say that, like, I go and see my doctor, I go and see my, my, my GP. They are performing, they're practicing them, their work as a doctor. But it's what they do, it's who they are. And it's inside them. You know, they've trained for this. Um, so I'm not sure if that answers your question, but it's like, I, it is a performance, but it, it's not. It's a true. It's true to yourself. It it does answer the question and brings up uh, another point that I'm curious about. After studying this uh, phenomenon for a decade, I'm still trying to figure out what is it about a pilgrimage that that provides the platform for people to be themselves. What is it? When you get the answer, can you, <laughs> you send that through to me? That's a really good question. I, I don't know. I think because all you have to do is you have to get up and you have to walk and that's it. You don't, you you don't have to, well, you don't even have to walk. You know, you can, you, you set yourself a goal of saying, okay, tonight I want to get to blah, 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 wherever it is I'm going. And you just go. Um, and I think there's that, for me, is the connection to nature as well. 
is being at one within the world um, and not, I am getting more and more frustrated with my smartphone and how attached to it I am and how much we have sped up our lives. It's, it's so fast now, you know, I need it now. How quickly can you deliver that to me? You know, why haven't you done this for me yet? I need fast food, I need a fast car, I need all of this. And when you get on a pilgrimage, all of that slows down. And I think when the act of walking really puts us back into what we are as human beings is, yeah, we can run, we can go faster, but there's only a certain speed we can get to. But as an average person, and I've read so much, so much research, and you probably know more than me, about we, we think at the speed that we walk. So when we walk, our mind is in, in sync with our body. And I really think that that is then, it brings us as a whole. Um, and I, I, I just walked the St. Cuthbert's Way, which is in the northeast of, of the UK, going from Scotland to, to the Holy Island. And the one thing that really connected me there was the nature. I spent a couple of days where I literally was just on my own. Um, and the only things I met were was nature, it was cows, horses, sheep, trees, wind, sun, rain. Um, and it made me realize how insignificant I am in the whole thing, but also how, how special that is, how, how big of a world this is, but how big I am within that um, in a way. So I think it's just a leveler for me. Um, and then you put the people on top. You know, um, when I did the Camino and I got to Santiago, I'm not a very emotional person and I don't let my emotions come up that often. But when I got to Santiago, everything just came out. It was like, it was like a, a flood. And it was mainly because I just thought of all the people that I had met on that walk, how they had enriched me and lifted me. And then I thought about all the other people in my life, you know, my family and my friends. And, and to me, it's a very, very simple thing, but it's so, it's about the people that you, that you surround yourselves with. And so, yeah, I don't know what it is. It's, it, there's a lot of that, you know, I mean, I asked questions on the Camino that I'd never even thought about. They just came out of nowhere. Quite big questions, you know, didn't get many answers, but I started asking those questions. <laughs> What are what are some of your experiences with the performance of the of of the the play the one man play that you did? What can you just describe some of the more poignant moments that you had as you were performing? Yeah, absolutely. Um, like I say, uh, the, that play has a really special place in in, in my heart, um, but it was. It was, it was the performance and it was the places that we were in, the environment that we were in. So every day, um, one of the first things, wherever we agreed we would get to that day, the first thing I would do is, is find a place to do the play. Um, and sometimes we were inside, sometimes we were outside. Sometimes I was in a field. I might have been in, a, in somebody's bedroom. I was in a restaurant in, in, one, in one place. Um, and 
it was a real connection for me. The, the play is, is I was already connected to the audience, but it really did connect me even more to, to, the, to the audience. Um, there, was, there was one time where I did a play in, in a town called Hornilios, which is the first town out that you stop in, or we stopped in at, outside of Burgos. It's a tiny town, 60 people live there. There's two churches. Uh, there's one restaurant, which is a Korean restaurant, which is run by an Irish girl. You know, okay, how did that happen? Did the play there, and I get to the end, and I'm tidying up all my props, and this, I, I look up, and there's an old man stood right in front of me, very old man, stooped over in front of me, and he pulls out his cell phone, and he looks at me, and he goes, me, you, selfie? And I was like, yeah, I'd, lo I'd love to. And he, and he thanked me so much for for the performance of the play. And he said, I don't, I didn't understand all of it, but it meant so much to me. And I was like, that's really, thank you so much. And I asked him, you know, how old are you? He says, 84 years old. And I said, have you walked the Camino before? And he's like, no, nope, my first time. I'm like, well, who are you with? He's like, I'm on my own. I'm like, why, Hendrik, his name was Hendrik, why are you walking this Camino? At 84 years old on your own. He's like, I'm, oh, I'm very, very slow. It takes me, I do five, seven kilometers a day. And I'm like, why are you doing this? And he says, you will laugh at me. And I said, no, I'm not. What, what is it? And he said, God told me to do it. And here I am. I'm, I'm just, at this stage, I'm just like trying to figure out, I'm just doing it as a, as a, there's a physical challenge. I'm trying to figure out where I'm going to sleep and how, where I'm going to go next to. And this 84 year old man is walking across Spain on his own because God told him to do it. And I just thought that's amazing. That's just uh, unbelievable. And so the next day I'm walking and I came across one of these memorials that, that are for people that have passed away on the Camino. And prior to this, I always thought, Oh, that's really sad that they sat that they died on the Camino. And I immediately thought of Hendrik. And I thought there is a good chance that Hendrik may pass away. I don't know if he did or not. I hope he didn't. But he could have passed away. And I thought, how wonderful would that be? That if he did, he went out of this life doing something that he exactly that he felt inspired to do, whether you believe in a God or not, but he's doing what he wanted to. And that connection came through me doing the play. Um, and then there was another time I was doing the play and uh, I started doing the play and we were outside, it was in Burgos and we were in like this uh, amphitheater style plaza. And it was very, it was cobbled stones. It was cobbled stones where I decided to do the play. And I was quite physical with the play and there was a lot of me like kneeling on the ground or sitting on the ground. At one point I do a headstand and all this type of stuff. And as I literally started doing the play, and there was about 40 people watching, I realized that where I had set up, I was completely surrounded by broken glass. There was just broken glass everywhere. And I was like, there's a good chance I'm gonna cut myself. Um, I really need to be careful. So I spent, and the play lasted about 75 minutes. I spent the next 70 minutes really being very careful and making sure that I didn't cut myself. Um, so I was kind of like obviously performing, but I'm also being very aware of this other factor. And I did the play and everything went well. And I, I was packing up again 
and everybody, people come up and say hi, thank you, whatever. Um, and people dispersed. And then there was a, a woman stood over to the side um, that I noticed right as I just got everything together. And she was crying. She was crying her eyes out. And I walked over to her and because I'd noticed her a couple of times during the performance. And I said to her, I, I introduced myself and I, and she said, oh, thank you. I watched, I watched you play. And I was like, are you okay? And she's like, yeah. She, she was, tells me she's from Canada and uh, she had come on the Camino to try and figure out uh, a couple of questions in life. She, she was struggling with a couple of things. And she said, just while I was watching your play, I got the answer to my questions. And I wanted to thank you for that. And I was just like, it wasn't me. I was just a, it was just a moment. You found the answer. You saw the answer in what I was doing, which was amazing. But then I thought I wasn't even concentrating on doing the play at 100% that night. I was more concentrated on, am I going to cut myself? And here, this woman who was watching me, she had no idea I had that in my head, but she got the answers that she needed at that point. Um, so, yeah, it, it's, it's a powerful play, but I think by putting ourselves into those positions of Hendrik and, and the lady from Canada, they put themselves into those positions of being open and saying, I'm going to watch this play. And one of them inspired me and another one was inspired by what I was doing. Um, that's just a couple <laughs> of, of what it was. What is it like to, especially in, well, in both of the cases, actually, to know that there was something very specific about you being in that space at that time on that day with those people, both of the, the people you just talked about, and that in one case, one of them uh, said that he was called by God, the other one assumably was having existential questions um, that she was looking for answers to. And your presence in that space was part of the Camino for them. I, I, I'm still trying to figure that out. It, I, I have that with, with my life. I see, I see our lives as a pilgrimage. I really do. Um, we are all on, on this journey we all have one destination, which is death. You know, no matter how it sounds pretty morbid, but that's a fact. The fact is that we have all been born. We all have a beginning. We all have an end. We don't know when that end is coming along, but we do. Um, so I see ourselves as a, I see ourselves on a pilgrimage. That, that, that's how the story Pilgrim has come about that I've, that I've put up. And, uh, and I'm still trying to figure that out. I mean, I don't, I, I believe that, I think, like I said earlier, that I try and live my life, I try and be open. You know, um, I don't know if you, if you read The Yes the yes Man, I think it's called The Yes Man, that, which I think is fascinating. If you go through life just saying yes, or just being open to opportunities, these things occur. And I, and I am a firm believer that there is no such thing as a coincidence. Absolutely not. Do, just doing this in Cuthbert's way, the first day, my accommodation that I'd, I'd booked in for the evening was not on the way. It was like about three miles off the route. And I, I was like, I don't, I'm not sure where I need to go to get off, how to get there. 
And most people said, oh, you need to get off at this certain point, get off at that point and you can walk down or you can take a taxi or a bus or whatever. But I felt, no, that's not right. I shouldn't get off at that. I should go further along and I should go to this certain point. And I don't know why I felt like that. And, and as I was going through the day, I was like, that's too far, but I really feel like I should go to that point. So I did, and I just walked and I kept going and I was much, much later than what I, what I felt I should be. And I kept going to this point. And literally the point that I chose was a, it hit a, a main road. And I was like, I must be able to get a bus or a taxi, take me back. And I get to this main road and I'm literally climbing over the barrier to get onto the road. And this road is a main road, but there's no cars on it. And I can hear a truck coming down literally as I'm stepping onto the road and the truck starts beeping its horn at me. And I'm like, I'm nowhere near it. I'm not on the road. I'm nowhere in your way. And the horn is beeping, beeping, beeping. It comes up, it pulls up and it was my brother. And I was like, what the heck are you doing here? He lives four hours away. And I was like, why are you here? And he's like, and he is a, he's a courier. He's a self-employed courier. So he travels around the country. But the fact that he was right at that moment where I decided to get off, and, and I, have it, I have it recorded, the fact that we just met. And I'm like, this is bizarre. I just knew I had to be at that point. Now, what is that? I don't know what that is. I, 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 I've had, you know, we can go into beliefs and all that type of stuff. I'm not quite sure what I believe in anymore because things like that happen. And I'm just like, it's wonderful. When those things happen, it's amazing. Try and explain them. I have no, I have no explanation for that. Do you think these things happen more on a pilgrimage or are we more aware of them when we're on a pilgrimage? I think we become more aware of them. I think, I think we're putting ourselves in, the, in that situation. I think, you know, in life, and especially in our society now, we can get so, the other stuff can just drown it all out. You know, the, your debts, your relationships, your, your career, it drowns it out. And I think when we take those away, which is what we do on a pilgrimage, the noise goes away and we become more attuned to these things. Um, and I think that's the joy of it. I was fascinated by the number of people that I would meet before I did the Camino that would do it several times, have done it time after time after time. I'm like, why would you do that? Why would you want to walk 500 miles or however long you're doing so many times? And within a week of me being on the Camino, I was like, oh, I get it. I get what this is. It's, it's not necessarily the place of doing it. It's the act of doing it. It is that take it. I mean, even just doing the five days I just did, um, you, you leave it all behind. I, I, I said to myself, I'm not going to touch my phone during the day. I'm just going to rely on the map and, and talking to people whatever whatever else uh, it is but i think yeah by putting ourselves in by taking away those other noises we we hear the we're able to hear the other stuff um, so i don't think it doesn't does happen just on a pilgrimage i just think we give ourselves more opportunity for it on on the pilgrimage because of the act of doing that i heard you mention the story pilgrim 
And I want to hear more about that. What are you up to with this new endeavor? Sure. Yeah. I mean, it, it's what I wanted to do, but I've not realized I've wanted to do for quite a while now. Um, and so I've created the, the story pilgrim, which is basically um, me walking pilgrimages um, and creating performances out of that or, or it being a performance um, and mainly audio, uh, but also creating an, an opportunity for people to join me for people to to walk and to hear their stories. Um, like I said, when I did the Camino, I it's all about the people and the people that I met from all walks of life. Um, there is a part of me that is a little bit not disappointed, but certain pilgrimages are quite privileged. Um, there's only certain members of our society that are doing it. Um, I would like to open that up more. I would like to try and give the opportunity to other people or of all people to go and do a pilgrimage, whatever that is. Um, so um, I would like the story pilgrim to give that opportunity to, to make the act of a pilgrimage more widely available to everyone. Cause it's, you're just walking, you know, why can't everybody do that? Why isn't everybody doing that? Um, but I, I, so I, I've started, sorry, go on. Darren, can I, I, I think what you're saying is important and I'd like for you to expand a bit on it. When you're talking about not everyone is doing it or it's a privileged uh, act or a privileged experience, can you talk about what that means? Yeah, that's it. It's a, it's a difficult, it, is it a difficult subject? We make it. We make it difficult, I think. Society has made it difficult. Um, I am very frustrated with society, <laughs> really, am, um, and how we've got to where we are. But that's another story. Um, it's, very, it's a very privileged thing. You know, as I walked the Camino, I would look at the people that I was meeting, and, yeah, there was a lot of students. Um, there was a lot of retirees. Um, there weren't many people from certain continents let's say that you know like I didn't I didn't meet many Africans uh, I didn't many meet many uh, South Americans I mean that's because we're in Spain and stuff but it is I, I find the act of walking who has the opportunity to take 35 days out of their life and walk across Spain or you know do the Appalachian Trail you know which is 2,000 miles of stuff only certain people are going to be able to afford to be able to do that because of the society that we work in or we live in now. Um, and, you know, I mean, I lived in Chicago for eight years and I did some youth work with, with drama groups in various sections of neighborhoods of the city. And there were certain neighborhoods where you just knew that the, the kids that I was working with were very, very talented, but the opportunities that were available to them were very, very limited to, to those that in other areas. Um, and it's like, how, how can we make it a fairer place? You know, um, and when you walk the Camino, it's very, it's a, it's, it's a very white thing. It really is. I mean, it's not a nice thing to say, but it is, you know, I didn't, I don't think I met, I, 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 Totally. I met one, um, one black person on the, on the Camino out of all the thousands of people that I met. And it's like, well, why is it 
why is it just this thing? Um, and I've just recently become, um, uh, there's a walking artist network um, within the UK and it, it's all middle-aged elderly white people. And I'm like, why is that? You know, yeah, I'm in the UK, I'm in England, but where are, where are people of color? Where are people of different ethnicities? Why are they not doing this? You know, and that's a quite, I don't have an answer for that. And I would like to try and open it up through the Story Pilgrim to sort of like us ask those questions. And I think, you know, if we're talking about privilege, it has to come down to an awareness of it. You know, me as a middle-aged white guy, I if I'm aware of it, then hopefully I can do something about it. I don't have the answers for it. But I think being aware of it will help me to, to, to not just shut it off to certain people. Um, so I, I don't know what that is and I don't know how I do that, but it, I'm just trying to be aware of it and, 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 and not close the doors, you know, like try and get into, into schools. It has to start in education, it really does. So if I can, that's one aim of mine as a story pilgrim is to, is to go into schools, is to go into youth um, communities and, and, and open up this world of a pilgrimage because it, it then opens up so many other worlds. You know, um, I, I, again, just doing the St. Cuthbert's Way, I met a gentleman that I walked with who turned out to be a very high-ranking person in the British Armed Forces. Um, where do you do that? Where do you meet people like that? You know, and why shouldn't other, you know, it didn't matter what we did, as I spoke about before. The pilgrimage is a, is a wonderful leveler. And I and I am a firm believer if we could get all of the world leaders to just go and walk some, any pilgrimage for several days, the world would be a better place. It really would. I I I mean, there is something to that sentiment. I, uh, I actually I'll send you a chapter that I wrote about this exact issue um, because it not only with leaders, but people, period, right? I mean, as you talk about this being a leveler uh, where the pilgrim identity is the is the central part of who we are in that moment, uh, I think it allows us to have conversations, as you mentioned, that are different than we normally would have. Um, going back to the story pilgrim, um, so your vision is to educate people about pilgrimage um, as a way of opening up uh, the the aperture, I guess, so to speak, to so people so people know that what pilgrimage is and that it's accessible. Exactly, exactly. So uh, I'm going to be. I'm hope. I'm not sure the regular regular how regular I'll be walking pilgrim. I'm going to try and get as many as I can. Just the the UK alone is dotted with so many different pilgrimages. Uh, but walking regularly pilgrimages and holding storytelling evenings that I would either invite people to join me on the pilgrimage, join me for a day walking, or just join me for the evening of the storytelling. And then I've also, I've, I've making contact with uh, various venues in, in London where we would do regular storytelling evenings where people can come and tell stories. And the proviso is that they tell a real story and it has to be their story. 
Um, but uh, every time I hold an evening during the day, I will hold a little mini pilgrimage, a little walk. So we'll go for a walk. Um, one of the venues I have is, is the Canal Cafe Theatre and it's right next to the Regent's Canal and there's a beautiful walk along there. So we can walk along the Regent's Canal um, and I'll tell some stories, give some local history and then we'll get to, to the theatre and uh, if they want to, they can have a bite to eat. We can sit down and have a bite to eat because they serve food there and then we'll have the storytelling evening. So like holding these mini pilgrimages um, and also the reaching out to you know, the schools will come later once once I've finished my dissertation and got that out of the way. <laughs> so tell me about that. Tell me about your, your dissertation and what you're writing right now. Um, so the dissertation is basically the story pilgrim is, is me looking at the act of performing a pilgrimage and how, like what I spoke about before of the organicness of that, and then how would I take that as an actor, writer, as a theater creator? How do I take that process of, of what we go through performing a pilgrimage and place that into theater? Now, the people are a big part of, of the pilgrimage. They're also a big part of theater, but we exclude them. As a, as a, as a Western theater maker, I go into rehearsals, I rehearse a play, I dress rehearse it, I tech it, I then put it on the stage and I invite the audience in. Why do I not invite the audience right from the start? In a pilgrimage, I'm inviting people into my, my act straight from the start. So why as a theater maker, am I excluding them from that? Why am I putting up the fourth wall, which is something that many theater practitioners knock down the fourth wall isn't a thing. Okay, that's great. But then why are you creating this other fourth wall around your rehearsals? And many people say, oh, that's ridiculous, Darren. You can't include the audience. Why not? Why not? <laughs> you know, so that's what I'm looking into is, is like the organic nature of a pilgrimage. Because, yeah, we absolutely have a start and we absolutely have an end. Um, and I think also, like, I'm looking into pilgrimages now. Like, I got on a train to go to Melrose to start my, my St. Cuthbert's Way. Why didn't I start walking out my door? The pilgrimage starts from where you are, you know? Um, so there's that as well, but it's, yeah, it's, it's that organic nature and that process of taking it and then putting it into, into theater um, and including everybody, not just the, the, the creatives. What is it about your own background that gives you particular insight into uh, the exclusionary uh, reality of pilgrimage? That's a really good question. I, I don't know. Um, I, I, I see, and I, I love people and I love stories and I love I love enriching people and I think I love enriching my own life. I, everything that I go into, I see as something that I can learn, um, that I, I've got to learn something. And I think the act of a pilgrimage does that and that really attracts me to it. Um, I feel like I have no right to teach anybody anything. I really have, a, that's a problem of my life. Um, you know, I have, and 
I've had this discussion with her. I have an acting coach who's also a business coach who has much less experience than me. But I feel like I can learn stuff from her because she has a different perspective. But she said to me several times, Darren, you can actually teach me much more than what I can. But I feel like, no, I, I, I need to learn more from you. I feel like I need to take stuff in. And that's what a pilgrimage does. And that's what attracts me to it. Um, what I can give to it is I, I do have these moments of being able to sit down and, and it's a sharing thing. I don't feel like I become a teacher in a way you are, but I don't see that. I don't see that hierarchy. Again, we're going to go back to the leveling. And, I, and I, so I, I feel like I have, I feel more at home on a pilgrimage because, because of that leveling, because I, I feel like there's no, there's no structure here. It's just you and me or in a group of people. We're going to sit around. I mean, my favorite moments are when you sit around and have dinner, you know, and you, you know, you have some good food and good conversation and it doesn't matter, you know, so I think that's, that's where I'm at, you know, with regards to that. I really like how you are bridging uh, performing arts uh, with pilgrimage. It's always interesting to me to see how people bring pilgrimage into who they are and then also how they how they push pilgrimage out uh, as well into another space. And I think you're one of the first people that I've talked to who is is doing this uh, in in the realm of performing arts. And it's really cool. And I also really appreciate what you're saying about access. It's been thought provoking uh, that that pilgrimage is a leveler and not everyone has access to that level playing field or the level platform. So there there is something I mean there's something about being able to do pilgrimages that are only a few hours and close to home and don't require 35 days or 50 days away from home or away from work. Uh, so I, I really appreciate that, that, that is a focus area for you because I think it's important. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's it. it people just need to, uh, going back to the awareness, people need to be aware that these things are available like, yeah, you, there's nothing wrong. You can just, like, as you said, you can just go out for an hour um, to to one of these routes that is, is near you and just go on it for a day, you know, even if it's just for a morning or something. It's, it is amazing how quickly, you know, and I think just by doing that, if it's, oh, I'll just, you'll make time to do those extra days, to do those uh, and before you know it, you'll be finding yourself doing that 35 days. Um, I do, re I'm a firm believer in that, of like affirmation and just putting things in front of yourself. And it, it will happen, you know. I mean, I think that's another thing with being open, you know, and and just saying, yeah, okay, oh, I've got a taste for this. And it's not everybody's cup of tea. People might might, might not enjoy it, you know. But I think it, if, if people are listening to this, they're already they're on the step to saying, oh, I want to know more about this, or they're already way down the line and, and they're enjoying their, their pilgrimages. But yeah, I think it's really important that we, we do share it. We do, we do allow people to have as much access to it as possible because it is, 
it, it still is quite a privileged thing, you know. Um, yeah, yeah. I'm thinking about this in an American context, and yeah. we don't we don't have in the same way as places in Europe or other places in the world the the pilgrimage history to draw on, and and what would you say to people here? Uh, in the U.S. who have one day, but they live in an urban environment without a car, um, how can people engage in, as a pilgrim in, in maybe an urban setting uh, without a lot of time? Another great question. I mean, when I walked the Camino, um, I, I visited so many churches because there's so many, there's so many there, you know, and the, also like when I just did St. Cuthbert's Way and the Pilgrim's Route and stuff, there's, we got a lot of history over here, but America has its history as well. Um, and when I got back after doing the Camino, I was living in Chicago. So yeah, pretty big city. And I drove around it, I walked around it and I never once stepped inside any of those churches. But when I was in Spain, I did. So I said to myself, let's just go and walk into a church. Let's go and see what is this building. Let's go and see what's in here. And uh, I would do the same routes every day. And I would say, today, I'm going to go a block over and I'm going to walk down that different street that I've never walked down. And as I started to do that and start to take different routes and start to go into these different churches and these different buildings, I, Chicago became a different place to me. I never realized, oh, that, that church is absolutely stunning on the inside, whether I believe in God or not. But the church is beautiful. Um, and I found different little parks. Oh, I never knew that this little park was here because I always go down, you know, Michigan Avenue, but now I've gone down this avenue. It's a completely different view to it all. Um, and when I first got into America, I was living way out in the suburbs and I would just go for a walk. And each day I would make a different route and I would just set aside an hour and I would go and I would walk in a different route and I would walk for half an hour in one direction and turn around and go back. And I would just find different things every day. Um, and if, if you've got a Google, just Google um, scores, pilgrimage scores. Um, and there's, there's, there's a, a working a walking artist network out there in the world now that are writing these scores for doing walks, doing pilgrimages. And they are things like walk out and make a note of all the trees that you walk past. What type of different trees are they? And connect them and make a map of those trees. That could be a score that you're doing. Um, so there's, there are these little tricks, little, little things that just to make it different, Walk backwards, walk sideways. Just do something different that you than you would normally do on a walk. Um, and and I love that. You know, it's like it, yeah. I find in America, it's very much built around the car. You know, you this, there was a number of times I where's the sidewalk? There isn't a sidewalk here. Well, there's no sidewalk. There's nowhere for me to walk. Um, but I would do it, and people would honk their horns at me. Go, what are you crazy walking along the street? It's like, well, no, because I want to walk. Instead of taking the car to uh, target, go into Target, I would always try and park right close to um, the entrance. 
but those are big parking lots. So I, I got into the habit of parking at the furthest point away and walk my way in. And as I was walking and I would realize, I never realized that that, that tree was there. I never realized that that building was there. Well, there's another road down there. I'll go down that road if I'm going to drive down that road. Just making it different, just mixing it up, I would say. Um, but especially, you do have history in, in America. You find it. It's there. You know, it's not as old as us, but, <laughs> but it, it is definitely there. And you do have some, I mean, I'm from Chicago, so, well, not from Chicago. I was in Chicago. And there's some great architecture in that city, you know. Go, go and find it. It's out there. And we have a, I mean, we have a very uh, colorful, uh, rich history, indigenous uh, history and histories. It's not one history, um, as well as engagement with the natural landscape uh, that many people, I think, are rediscovering or discovering for the first time because of the pandemic. So I do think that we will see pilgrimage emerge in a bit different way than we have been thinking about it uh at least for the last 100 years or yeah. 80 years here yeah well that, that's it and, and think about what a pilgrimage is what is that pilgrimage where's that pilgrimage come from it's come from one person who did a walk or who did had a life St Cuthbert's way we are following where St Cuthbert lived St James's way we are going to because St. James loved Spain and supposedly wanted to be buried there. We're following it there. One person did it, and now thousands of people are doing it afterwards. Where is your pilgrimage? Where would you go? That's one thing I ask on the story pilgrim. If you were to do a pilgrimage, pilgrimage, where would be your destination? It might be Fenway Park. You know, it, it might be um, the George Washington Monument. It, what would it be? And why, why shouldn't you walk to it? It might be, you know, it could be a sports field. It, it, it could be anything. It could be a train station. You know, I've always wanted to go to Grand, Grand Union, whatever it might be. What is your, I think that's a fascinating thing. Is like how, and who, who, who knows in years time, we might be working the, the, the Warfield pilgrimage because Heather walked to this one way and now we're going to keep doing it. it why not? That there are, we have ancient pilgrimages, but we also have new ones. Create your own. Make it. Do it. What What is meaningful to you? Um, I I want to make sure that our listeners can find you, uh, uh, the Story Pilgrim. Can you give us the the website for that? Yeah, it's really simple. Thestorypilgrim.com. Oh, really easy simple. enough. Easy uh, enough. Don't forget that. Yeah, thestorypilgrim.com. Uh, you also mentioned pilgrimage scores, which is something new to me, and I'm definitely interested in checking that out as well. What is that? Is there a website? There isn't a website. Well, no, not specifically. Um, it's, it's part of this walking artist network. They're creating these scores um, that are, are literally just... There can be there can be a poem, uh, and it's like a a prompt, like a story prompt for you doing a walk, and whether that turns into a pilgrimage or if it just like as you, I think what you've been suggesting, Heather, with regards to just going out for a day and and doing a walk is is wonderful. 
And so these, these scores, if you just have a pilgrimage scores or walking scores, just Google that, you'll find these, these scores that are being created by these walking artists, which will give you a prompt to go out. Like I said, the trees one, um, you know, go out and find red doors, just walk and go from one red door to the next red door and then map it out or create a story around that. Um, it's just a prompt to get you out there. And whether you're in an urban environment or a rural environment, you can make up your own. Just make up your own. Just go and say, I'm going to walk out tonight and I'm going to pick up every piece of litter that I find. You know, that's going to be my score today. You know, um, and you're also doing it some, a little bit of help for the environment. Is there anything else that I uh, didn't ask about that you want to talk about? Any points that I've missed? I don't think so. I think for me, the main thing, which we, which we have spoken about, is, is how pilgrimages bring, bring, bring yourself to yourself. I think, I think a sense of self is, is something that we really lack now or we really find hard to find, especially coming out of this pandemic and what we've just been through for the last year and a bit. Um, you know, the mental health, issues that have come along and the health issues is it really is I think that's what a pilgrimage basically for me I just love to walk and a pilgrimage is a long walk and the act of walking I think is so underrated and and that really helped me to find myself and that's that's what I that's what I love about the whole thing and that that's important to me. You have just heard The Story Pilgrim, hosted by Dr. Heather Warfield and produced by Jonah Bayer. Copyright 2021. All rights reserved. Thank you for listening to Meaningful Journeys. This program is supported in part by Antioch University New England and the Meaningful Life Institute. We would love to connect with you on social media, on Instagram, on Twitter and Facebook, or by email info at MeaningfulJourneys.net or our website www.MeaningfulJourneys.net. We hope you will join us next time on our shared quest for meaning as we connect humanity one step at a time.